May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. Welcome to episode 17 of the Dominion Podcast. I am here with Alex Klusterman and Ben Inglis. We got uh, Omega host Ben back. Omega host. Or me- mega host. I think that'd be uh, I'm more, like more one of Dickens' Christmas ghosts that just <laughs> shows up. You never know when I'm going to show up, but I'm going to drop the hammer when I show up. <laughs> Hopefully you're not the, the second one. He was the, kind of the most boring of the... No, wait a minute. No, the, the, I, I like to think I'm the, the jovial one. The jovial, the right. But the, I'm probably more likely Christmas the, one, present. the one at the end. <laughs> the one in the Black Hood. The death one. Yeah, yeah who holds up finger. his long bony finger. Yeah. And uh, I am Jeremy Boyd. I am kind of your host. You know, I'm just you are. I, I just sort of uh, make you sound sure a little Alec, ir- irresolute there. Well, as a host. You know, a real host should have a, a firm grasp on what's happening, what topics to get to. I just kind of babble away in between Alex's rants. Right. So yeah, but it works though. It works. Yeah. So far, so good. <laughs> I think that's how everyone feels as a friend to me. Yeah. <laughs> Just babbling away, Alex, ranting. Alex rants, and I just kind of, I kind of listen in. So I'm going to ask the question I ask every week: uh, Have all the kings fallen down yet? No, they haven't. No, they have not. So we continue on. But they will. They will. Unfortunately, some of them will be compelled to do so. Mm-hmm. Well, tonight uh, we're going to continue on uh, with some some thoughts that came up uh, as a result of last week's discussion. Mm-hmm. On um, non-compliance, yeah, non-compliance. That's it. It's, it's a fancy word. Mm-hmm. I was uh, so some some thoughts that came up in response to that, and I'm going to let Alex start us off here. Yeah, well, we thought we would uh, talk about Canadian cultural Christianity, and last week when we were talking about non-compliance, kind of the elephant in the room we had to address first was the fact that most Canadians. Um, regardless of whether or not they're Christians, just have a huge cultural problem with non-compliance because compliance is a Canadian value. And it just feels wrong. Uh, non-compliance feels wrong. And compliance feels at least safer. So even a lot of Christians, even non-Christians, but especially Christians in this time who would say, you know, there's something wrong, things aren't all right. The, even that they would say the government is wrong. Hmm. Um, it feels morally safer to err on the side of compliance. Do you think that's because there's a there's a more imminent threat from the government than there is from God? And yeah. When, when yeah, we think about like yeah. if we hold the church service, we're going to have cops show up to the to the lot and give us tickets right now. Yeah. If I, I stay home, that won't happen, and there's no well, at least we would fool ourselves into thinking there's no immediate uh, punishment from God. Yeah, yeah, that could definitely be a big part of it. Um, I think even before they get you get to that stage of thinking about the consequences of not complying, what what I think and what we kind of talked about is that Canadians feel just it's inherently wrong. Like I won't even think about what the consequences of it are because it's just wrong to not do what you're told. It's wrong to not do what the government tells you to do, like full stop. Um, and then once you you know begin to think about whether that's an option or or an obligation, certainly there the fear comes in and all of that. Mm. But I think as a Canadian value, it just feels, especially for people over fifty, uh, it just doesn't feel like a a legitimate moral category to to not comply with what you're told. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so in light of that, we're not going to be talking about compliance this week. But we thought we would think through what are some other Canadian values that may or may not be Christian values, and how have those um, shaped the church, and and what does Canadian cultural Christianity look like? I don't know about you, but when I talk about cultural Christianity, whether it's because I've listened to a lot of American preachers or whatever, I tend to think of Americans. I tend to think of what is cultural Christianity from an American perspective. Uh, but I don't often think of it in a Canadian perspective. And they're actually very different. Yeah, I mean, there was a conference several years back at uh, TBS, and they talked about the church in Canada, and they, there were several good presentations. One of them was on the history of the United Church. And what people don't understand is the United Church was the church in Canada. Hmm. Um, 
for a long time. And that's why you find a unite, many united churches in every city. And uh, it was the amalgamation of several denominations. And it was our national religion. Was was you go go to a united church and um, you know, kind of looking through their fall uh, is kind of not only a reflection on the church but on the country because they took on the the surrounding cultural values. Yeah. So one text you know that shapes us thinking through this why it's important is Romans twelve one to two. Paul writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And Last week we talked about how there's a temptation for the people of God always to be conformed to the world. That's why Paul has to write this. That is to reflect the values and the priorities and the worship of the world. And there's a, I mean, there's an obvious reason for that, right? Is that we've all come out of the world. Mm. We're all originally citizens of this world, uh, steeped in whatever culture we come from, whether it's American or Canadian or Mm. you know South African or whatever, whatever country you're from. There's a dominant culture, and I think the temptation for anybody who converts would be to syncretize that with what they find in Scripture. Of course. And this is the the temptation to blend the values and indeed the worship of the surrounding culture with Christian culture, you know, that syncretism is a temptation the Old Testament talks about a lot. I mean, God warns his people over and over and over, you know, when yeah. you come into this land— um, I want you to be distinct. To be holy is to be devoted to God alone. And he doesn't want them to take on the values and practices and the worship of the people around them. And the constant temptation, you read about the kings and so many of them, you know, there's a good one. And then there's a bunch who just take on the idolatry of the surrounding nations. They take on the wives and then the idolatry. Even David and Solomon. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a passage somewhere in... Samuel talks about the David and his wife had a household god. Right. She hides it in the bed and present, pretends it's him sick in bed. Right? It's the household image. Right. Uh, Solomon, you know, by the end of his life was offering up sacrifices to, you know, whatever, Molech, the abomination of the Edomites, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like It's like this, is, this was a constant temptation yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. We're always sowing and reaping, and you, you can't avoid... Um, you know what? What are most Canadians, Canadian Christians? Where do the, where do most of us spend our time? Where mm. where, where are most of us immersed in? Mm. Yeah, uh, you know, browsing internet, uh, buying stuff from Amazon, uh, video games. Um, you know, it, it's it's pretty shallow, and uh, you know we 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 reap that shallowness, and and we just open the door for whatever other influence around us to just come in. Uh, and, and we're repeatedly warned in the New Testament to, uh, to give yourself to these things, yeah. to immerse yourself in the word, to be conformed to the image of Christ. If that's not an active pursuit in your life, mm-hmm. you are being conformed to something. Yeah. 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 You're being conformed to culture. You're being conformed to Christ. Yeah. That's a great point because the, the flip side of Paul's exhortation is not just a negative, don't be conformed. But it's a positive exhortation to be transformed yeah. by the renewing of your mind. And there's this illusion. I think we can just, we can be neutral. Yeah. We can do all this stuff. Yeah. And we can, as long as it's not, you know, abjectly illegal <laughs> and, and not be negatively affected by right. that. And then we realize, uh, you know, we wonder why we have no hunger for the word of God and how we're so easily swayed by every new doctrine that's, yeah, that sweeps doctrine. by, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's like everything we're taking in, uh, in whatever media or format or interaction, it's all discipling us in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Either being discipled to Christ or to the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, culture, all culture is, 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 I don't know if it's Joe Boo who says this, but it's, it's worship externalized. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I read that. Oh, he has said that, but he got it from somebody else. Yeah. I can't remember who. 
Yeah, and so every every culture, so when we talk about cultural Christianity being a problem, it's a problem because essentially you're taking on the worship of of the the dominant culture. Mm-hmm. So we think, oh, the Old Testament, we don't bow down to idols, we don't marry five women, we don't offer sacrifices. It's like, well, the world around you is constantly engaged in worship. Yeah. Like they are, whether they say they're secular humanists or materialists or atheists or whatever, there's they're, they're always engaged in worship. Yeah, they were worshiping down at the Air Canada Center last night. Yeah, like like, it's always worship. So it's just a matter of not whether we will worship, but who we will worship or what. What was happening at the Air Canada Center? Hockey game. Oh, is that allowed again? Uh, Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, there there's spacing between all the fans. So it's a very limited capacity. But still, there was... yeah, the point is that the sports are a huge yes. part of of the cultural worship. Yeah. I would call. Yeah, yeah. I don't have An a problem. I don't have a problem with sports mm-hmm. uh, on principle, but there's just the yeah. The, you, you don't escape worship and secularism. You no. just trade thrones for something else. Yeah, yeah I mean, yourself, we or, or probably, government, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we'd look down our noses at uh, Roman culture for you know gladiator games and sort of that sort of thing, but it's the same impulse, right? Mm-hmm. The spectacle. Yeah, the spectacle, the the hero worship, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought, uh, you know, if what is it? I think part of the reason we don't think about cultural Christianity from a Christian perspective, after I made those comments, I thought about this. Um, it's easy to think about America because America has an explicitly Christian culture in that they seem to be more influenced, at least in certain parts, historically. By by explicitly by Christian values, whereas Canada is more multicultural. So we we have it's not it's not a single culture. It's made mm-hmm. up of many cultures, and so it's it's not obvious. You know, we talk about cultural Christianity in the states. It's more like we're saying we're talking about the people who aren't really Christians, but they think they're Christians. Yeah, the be polite people, be moral people. Um, but that's just that that's the cultural values around them. But it's wrong to think that we aren't that we don't also have a culture around us mm-hmm. that we are shaped by. It's just it's almost worse because it's just not Christian. Yeah. And it's, you know it's, what I mean? There's nothing intentional about Canadian culture at all, really. I mean, yeah. Uh, when you think about like most culture you inherit from your parents, uh, you know, yeah, uh, faith and 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 practices and special holidays you observe. We are increasingly an a-cultural country. We yeah. have not. We we despise history mm-hmm. in all its forms, and so again, you're not left with no culture. No, you're left with whatever culture is convenient and expedient. Yeah, you mm-hmm. just it's it, what's the flavor of the day. Mm-hmm. What you know, we we yeah. we don't have that tradition. No, I mean there is yeah. obviously there is history in Canada, but we never learn about it, and mm-hmm. we we don't think it's important. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing to to rally around. We don't have a history of resistance really at all. Um, I mean, certainly back in World War II, you know, we sent troops, but it's like we just we we don't have any of that. Mm-hmm. We're just so unfamiliar with it. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe that's that's a good point, Ben. Is let's take one of those things you said about being ahistorical. Now, this is a problem when you come to the Christian faith, because the Christian faith is a faith once for all passed down to the saints, as mm-hmm. Jude says. And this is definitely true in Christian churches in Canada, and many people have talked about this, um, that there is a, a total historical ignorance regarding church history uh, and the controversies of the past and um, the theological you know, battles that were waged and how did we get to where we are? There's almost like this naive assumption that this is just how it's always been. And, and we, we, we kind of, there was nothing that needed to be done to get us here. Therefore there's nothing to anticipate, you know, down the road that we might have to face and fight, so to speak. And you're just living in the privilege, but we've talked about that as, as elders a lot, how there's, there's just no historical, Awareness and this last year and a half uh, yeah. has shown that. I mean, I think that's intentional on the part of our leaders, right? Like, it didn't Justin Trudeau say we're the first post nation state, right? Yeah, he like, said something know, weird, like, you know, that. It's it like, sounds I, like something he would say, yeah. I don't quite exactly know what he thinks he means, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, what he's essentially saying is that, uh, 
we've put we've put the old way of being a country behind us, which is the way of passing down your culture, mm-hmm. your uh, traditions, all that yes. sort of stuff. That's gone. Right. We're Wayne's just going to do. No, he's not. That's that's what we've done. That's the sad thing. Yeah. We, yeah, we've truncated it. And rather than bringing people into this country and inculcating them in our culture, yes, yes, we've said, well, we can't do that because our culture is is it, evil and perverse. And we don't have one. And yeah, yeah. Well, we did, right? But uh, they just didn't want to pass it on, right? For the patriarchal and, uh, white, yeah, yeah. The idea is to to burn that down. But I'm getting a little off track here. Well, what is then? What is how would be how would being a historical a traditional hmm. i mean tradition is like a, a bad word in churches right. yes um how is how is that negatively impact christianity because i would say that's <laughs> right. part of the cultural christianity in canada yes. being a historical and a traditional if not anti traditional what way will that impact yeah. your disciples well so you- let me give you one example we were talking offline beforehand and i think we've already mentioned it just about how at the beginning of the pandemic, many Christians couldn't even conceive of any situation where they would possibly disobey the government. Right. So that's, I mean, that is a, a symptom of never having read anything about church history. Yeah. Or even scripture uh, itself yeah. talks about situations where that's necessary and right. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, if you if you know anything about the history of the church, yeah. which is our history, yeah. You would know that that is just a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not uncommon. So this, it's bad because it it gives us a false story that we tell ourselves. It's like a little narrow sliver of the world that it's basically just now. Mm-hmm. We think the world is just like me in this moment. Yeah, yeah. We have no. You talk about a, a pandemic of, of fatherlessness in, in our yeah. in our culture today, and no, kids having no fathers to look up to. But as a culture, we have no heroes. We have no fathers. Yeah. We have we, all of them have been banished yeah. as backwards uh, in the past. People that we need to get away from. We mm-hmm. can't learn from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. We can't learn from their values. We can't. Yeah. Uh, admire their heroism in the face of terror. We can't do any of that. Yeah. So just that's a distinction between Canadian and American culture because American culture is way more celebrity-driven, hero-driven, um, and, and th- there's a good side to that and a bad side to that. But in Canada, it's almost like um, unbecoming to be to be uh, a celebrity or something. Now, we do it in a bit different ways, but it's almost like gaudy, G-A-W-D-Y. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you don't a, want to be a flamboyant celebrity. Yeah, like you, spending big bucks and, you know, being super flashy with it. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, like just the, the celebrity is different in Canada. Right. Right? Um, you, It's not as, yeah, hmm. flamboyant is something. I, so... So Drawing what, attention to yourself in that way is not, it's unbecoming. And and we it's like we look down on Americans for being like that, as do the British. You know what I mean? And British have celebrities as too, but there's a way of yeah. being, not to be picking on Americans here, but there, there's a way about that that, that we feel is unbecoming. Yeah. And, and there's a false piety, I think, there where we, so, all, where we all say... We're kind of above that. We're humble people. Yeah. We don't have celebrities. Yeah. We don't have heroes. We're all just self-effacing and self-deprecatory. Well, it's what Lewis said is we scoff at virtue. Yes. Right? And it's kind of under the guise of being humble. You really, it's like, well, who are your heroes? Yeah. It's like, who are the men you admire? Yeah. Because medical, the Bible, e- medical experts. Yeah. And if there's no one you admire, then you fall for everything yeah. because we are meant to follow the example of people. Hmm. So it, it, a huge part of discipleship is imitation. Right. And this is hugely downplayed y- yes. in the church in the West for a long time. Right. Imitation of Christ has been a huge part of Christianity. It's massive in Eastern Orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fallen out of favor for several reasons in Reformedish evangelical circles. One, there's just the constant aversion to anything that says do. Like obedience and works, reform guys are historically averse to that. Like they, they have a they get the willies over those things, um, and how they managed to change the course of history. Well, that, I wouldn't I say know, historically but, they were yeah. like that, but <laughs> there's yeah, recent re- recent history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But imitation is huge. So if we yeah. are a culture that doesn't value having uh, commendable examples, let's say. Yep. 
and it's almost like unbecoming to be one, um, then we're just going to be floundering. And and your point about the health officials, it's not that we won't follow people. It's we'll follow bad people. Yeah. For the it, wrong reason. Yeah, like, oh, that guy's at, got a lab coat on. Yeah. Like, we're, what guy. is the Canadian obsession with the, the experts. experts? Yeah. Like, it's not that? Canadian. It's everywhere. I, I've seen that in well, all sorts of papers. It seems and, like the Americans and are less infatuated with their Well, health. they're more skeptical. Yeah. So, But let me give you an example. Uh, you guys know, I believe it was Rod Martin. Um, no, Tom Buck. He's a Southern Baptist guy in the States. Okay. He he made a post about, as a couple months back on Twitter, uh, about how just because Jezebel was a powerful woman doesn't mean we should or any Israelite back in the day would have revered her simply because she was a woman in power. And he was pointing to the fact that people are idolizing Kamala Harris simply because she's a powerful woman, right? And this is an obsession of our culture right now. Mm-hmm. It's powerful women, right? Uh, and he got run through, uh, run through basically on, on all the platforms because apparently Jezebel is some type of uh, racial trope. Okay, but the 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 funny the thing I wanted to get to is well, somebody, he got what was coming to him then. Somebody wrote an article <laughs> basically saying, according to experts, the the term Jezebel has racial implications. And it was like, who are these experts? Yeah, like why do you even it need to say experts. experts say? Yeah. Like just make an argument. Well, it's an, it's, it's a fallacy it's of appeals card. to authority, yeah, right? It is. Yeah, and, yeah. and it turned out to be and a couple. Man, we radical, have bought it hook, line, and sinker. Oh yeah, yeah. as Canadians, it's just. You say that word expert, everyone's yeah. just willing to do it. It literally, you know, you know, it, it, when we were kids, if Johnny told you to jump off a cliff, like, would you do it? You know, obviously yeah. it's a rhetorical question, but honestly, if a medical health expert tells you to get a vaccine, yeah, do anything <laughs> like who's going to say no, yeah. like we've just completely yeah. bought it. But this is where another Canadian value I wrote down was a trust in authority. Hmm. So there isn't the same kind of skepticism, even in the States. Now the states is very polarized, and a lot of that is somewhat is is kind of like a tribal animosity, but at least there's a healthy skepticism about those in charge. Mm-hmm. It is insane what our leaders get away with. It it's is. like you just passed emergency powers for seven more months, and yeah. nobody on a long an wicket. No, no. no one says anything. It's not in any of the papers. Yeah, no. we have we no. have like the the greatest some of the greatest debt in the world, and yeah. it doesn't matter. And he's. I read something about our prime minister's financial ratings are up. It's like you couldn't have done a worse job. It's like people don't want to live in a world where they can't trust those in authority because that's deeply unsettling mm, yeah. to their peace and comfort. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, and, but there's an impulse there to trust authority. That, that's a good impulse if you have the right authority. If God is your authority, you can trust him, right? So we would say that's not a horrible impulse. It's just misplaced. It's idolatry. Yes, it's misplaced. But when you trust God as your authority, you will have a distrust of other authority. You, yeah, you yeah. must. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Must. you'll see it for what it is, which is to yeah. say, human. The same reason we don't trust ourselves. Yeah? Pelagianism right. as well among Canadians, just mm. like uh, the political class. We can't conceive. Yeah, the political class and and just to, to conceive that they would do anything diabolical and malicious and self serving is just is beyond us. Somehow they're beyond. Yeah, somehow it's they're the vaccine it. hesitant who have who who yeah. have experienced the fall of man. But the political class are beyond that. They're beyond. They have trans- transcended. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. Um, the, I don't know if we're still on that point. This 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 is so. Um, relevant. You, you you have here high value on compliance. Yeah, and the naive view that going with the stream brings peace and conflict brings conflict. Yeah, that is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a great podcast. I'm sure you or uh, well, it was um, doing a podcast. It was it, it was uh, man rampant. Uh, Wilson and oh, yeah. uh, Joe Rigney. Joe Rigney. Yeah, talking yeah. about sympathy that and was empathy. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. It was, yeah, kind of a paradigm shattering uh, thing, but they were talking about um, how if you endlessly concede to tyrants, you know, or, or even in like a, a group or, or, or a board or something like that, someone who always is always pouting and whining and wanting to get their way 
And, and there's that part of us that thinks, well, just give them what they want and it will get better. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just gonna, it's gonna cause unnecessary, uh, drama if we, if we call them on it. Right. But what happens is they get worse. They just, they just keep taking what you're letting them have and mm-hmm. everyone suffers because you guys of it. have kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's gotta be an analogy it's the same there. Thing, I, but man, that is what, <laughs> that is what we think. Oh yeah. We think we just need to keep giving and, yeah. and conceding right. and it will all work out in the end. Yes. Right. Here's, here's how Canadians think about this. Oh, they, they called me a bigot because I don't believe women should be pastors. Maybe mm-hmm. I should, Maybe I've done something wrong to yeah. offend them. That's our that's our immediate right? impulse. That's yeah. our immediate impulse is maybe I have to soften the blow somehow rather than just say, no, that's what God says. Yeah. Well, that's that's another Canadian value is to not offend. Yeah. The classic yeah. sorry for everything. Yes. There's a there's a difference between being polite and being a people pleaser who has a fear of man. And when you can't distinguish those things and you bring that into the Christian life, it's disastrous because you feel as though if someone is offended by what you're saying, you must have done something wrong. Yeah. Even, I mean, look, I'm in the paper, right? They put a picture of me up tonight in the examiner. Oh, yeah? And it congratulations. Using? I hope it's they a great a picture. One. No, this one they put up is like me preaching with the Bible. Oh, it's awesome. Nice. And uh, what they're trying, what she's trying to do, this reporter, is she's working from the assumption that I will be embarrassed or ashamed of what I'm doing. Yeah. Because, and I told back at the dinner table, it's like, it's funny because I'm just so not ashamed of preaching the gospel. It's like, I'm I'm not ashamed that you have a picture of me for the whole city to see holding my Bible and preaching. They think you're laboring away in the dark, and if they just expose what you're doing, they yeah, be ashamed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's they don't like, have a category It's called that. projection. That yeah. would work with a lot of Canadians. They don't have a category for people being comfortable with conflict if they know that the truth is being proclaimed. Yeah. It's like, oh, everyone here, if they're centered yeah. out, will just back down. Yeah. yeah. But that's just not that's, that's a, a Canadian point, thing. Yeah, they don't have a category for that. Yeah. And if and if you disagree with them, it must be because you have malicious intent. Yeah. And if all they do is expose you, then you'll slither back to your hole, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But it's like, no, well, I sincerely disagree with you and I'm happy that you put my paper or my picture in the paper and are so far they've accurately uh quoted you other than the the one slander they said about you uh you know wanting to disobey the law but yeah we, yeah but how comfort you know how comforting is that we were talking at our small group on sunday about how even if even if a path is is the worst path you've ever been on you know there's there's uh divots and rocks falling down and the animals it's just like you want to be anywhere but on that path but then you see a sign saying you're on the right path. Well, suddenly that makes it all tolerable, right? Oh, yeah. like, I'm on the right way. And so mm. it's suffering and persecution, and obviously all you're on the front lines of that, it's it, it's not comfortable. It's not something we pursue and enjoy. No. But then when you read the New Testament and when you read, the, you read church history and you see, this is the path of every faithful Christian. It's just normal. And we it's ought like, to rejoice. Is, I'm on the I'm on the right path yeah. after yeah. all. I just because there's conflict, I don't need to get off the path and find something no, easier. Right. In fact, that's the worst idea you could do. That's yeah. the worst yeah. thing you could do. So just to get back, the the uh existence of conflict does not necessarily mean that you've done anything wrong. No. Which no. is our immediate And that's impulse. so simple but so profound I think yeah. for just people we just yeah. don't. And if you believe that as a value I, that will, you can't be a disciple of Jesus and no. actually think that. No. And uh, that's something Canadians need to repent of. And we need a category for conflict with the world, um, with Satan, with our flesh. That's just normal Christianity, like yeah. day by day, hour by hour Christianity. One of the other ones I wrote down is a Canadian value of pluralism, uh, multiculturalism, and, and tolerance are all understood rightly. Uh, good things as far as they go, um, but they can they can lead to a kind of moral relativism. You know what what used to be. You know we're Christians, therefore we have mercy on people who are different. We can't compel people to be Christians. No, but um, we go preach the gospel to yeah, them. Yeah, we preach the gospel, and we can tolerate other views. It doesn't mean we affirm them. 
which is what tolerance now means is you must affirm, even though that's rationally incoherent. I can't yeah. affirm contradictory things, but um, what that can lead to in the church is almost a relativism. It's like, I'm not allowed to say that Jesus is the only way. I'm not allowed to say that, um, you know, this this ethical practice is wrong, you know, because not everyone thinks that way. Mm-hmm. And I find that's in the church. There's a lot of, it feels awkward and uncomfortable to just make those absolutized uh, yeah, statements. Yeah. yeah. We, we really need to wake up as a church because the other side, our enemies do not hold that same standard for themselves. No. Right. They, they don't, uh, I mean, what is it you were just saying there? It's um, like, they don't shy away from um, saying absolute kind of binary. Well, things. yeah, they, yeah. they, they say absolute things all the time. Yeah. Uh, and yet we go, well, they say we shouldn't hold yeah. anything. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, get over it. Like just, if it's true, it's true. And they, and of course they're not consistent. We, we shouldn't expect them to be. And so if we do expect them to be consistent, we've already lost at that point. Cause yeah. they're just, they're just going to run whatever play works for them to get what they want. Yeah. Right. And so we just need to like, yeah. And it comes back to what do we think about Lordship? What do we think about Christ? And if, if he's called us to be obedient, he's been clear about that, then, uh, we need to be clear about it wherever we can. And we need to not shy away from those things. Um, that's how the kingdom grows. Yeah. People affirming objective truth. Jesus is the son of God. Therefore, yeah. he is the way to God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. Therefore, no one else can be. That's mm-hmm. how you get into the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. That's that's the least relativistic thing you're ever going to hear. Yeah. But that's the narrow gate. If, oh, yeah. you don't, if you don't affirm that, you can't be a Christian. Yeah. So the onus is on Christians who want to be faithful disciples to to double down on that. But I, I, I know that is definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. And and you can feel it. You can it's it's it works its way into your own life as well. Yeah. E- even as subtle as as, as avoiding something mm-hmm. um, that you should be clearer on for the sake of of you know not pushing someone away, right? That's that's a big temptation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to maintain this uh, relationship so I can share the gospel with them. So I won't share the gospel with them to maintain the relationship. Right. Yeah. Like, that yeah. I, I see what you did there. Does not compute. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I've, I know I've done that. Uh, it doesn't make sense, though, you know? Yeah. Well, I think what we can kind of circle around to, back to Romans 12, is the way that we avoid all these cultural ditches and the way that we don't let them become synonymous with our faith and become syncretistic and try to blend our worship as it were is we have a radical commitment to scripture yeah. and and just so many conversations I've been in just when someone's you know the assumption is you you should never disagree with government or you should always do what people say or you should never speak um, plainly and harshly about it I'm just I my first thought is and I don't mean this patronizingly I mean it sincerely have you read your bible like what you just described to me would condemn the son of god Mm -hmm. and it's so far from anything in scripture like just pick anywhere pick just like flip it open and read for 10 minutes and that idea dissipates and canadian christians are not shaped by the bible and that's just what this comes down to it's that if we are conformed to the world that we are not being transformed by the renewal of our minds. And the way that happens is through the word, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Yeah. And Canadians need to become Bible people, not nice people who go to church, uh, not polite people who have a certain ethic. They need to be Bible people. Right. And, and, and that's our task. And a lot of the pushback you're going to get from saying something like that is people are going to hear you say, you shouldn't be nice, you need to be rough, you need to be abrasive. But that's not what you said. No. What you said is we need to be Bible people. Yes. And the yeah. Bible does commend those things in certain circumstances, yeah. and it commends being forthright and truthful in others. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're, yeah. Supposed to, we're to be truthful all the time. but um, Like gentle and lowly. Right. And, yeah. it, it depends. Like, Are you dealing with a bruised reed, or yeah. are you dealing with a hardened 
secular. Like, yeah, you know, and what the, I mean? like, yeah, and the truth stands in either case. Right, the truth is medicine. The truth is what we need to hear. Are you shepherding uh, like a wounded believer, or are you trying to call someone to faith? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's different circumstances, and we would use scripture to dictate how we were, are to speak to those people. Yeah. And what this last year and a half has revealed is we're not actually as biblical as we think. We have a lot of Bibles, but we don't have a lot of biblical values. Mm. And and we our vision of Christ ultimately is just too small. It's too small, and it just doesn't look like the Jesus of the Bible, just straight up. It's like there's a lot of room for a lot of disagreement on the things between people who see Christ as Lord. And But this year has revealed that a lot of people don't. A lot of people are cultural Christians, and they look like the culture around them. And I with mean, a little, I've had, with I've a little be- Jesus sprinkled on top. Yeah, the little Jesus sprinkled on top, whatever flavor that happens to be. Yeah. Um, and we don't want to pretend like we're pointing out any specific denominations. This is this is rampant in all. I would say all strains of Christianity. Oh yeah. I mean, we we would be in the reform strain. Um, oh, they've but, been the worst. But if like, it, yeah, these are the people I thought would have the most commitment no. uh, to this. But uh, you know, as we've seen, the the people that are fighting this, that are standing up, that are keeping their churches open, <sighs> shepherding their flocks, it is a wide swath. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's, it's not an the people. Bunch. It's an eclectic bunch, yeah. and it's it's been really sobering for me to Hasn't see it? that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's Bible people. It is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And not, they're everywhere. <laughs> whatever you say about the Bible and whatever you think you believe about infallibility and whatever you think you feel about the authority of Scripture, it's like, I know what you believe about it, right? Based on what, what, do you, you do. what do you do? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's people I'd be much more willing to join up with. Uh, those people are... are way different now than they would have been two years ago. Oh, yeah. The people I would have suspected I would have most in common with. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this has revealed. Absolutely. And what a healthy thing, though, to to, to know you're rallying around truth. Oh, it and is. And not yes. simply denominational uh, heritage. Your, your as, as good as that is. But it, it, it what is the bedrock? Mm-hmm. What well, It better be truth. It better be scripture. Yeah. You know, one thing that's really hit home to me is, uh, and we talked about this with, with like hero worship and stuff, you know, we've all like I grew up listening to R.C. Sproul. I listened to everything mm-hmm. he ever put out. You know, like that was me really getting my my feet on solid ground. I love the guy, revere the guy, uh, miss him. You know, I feel like a lot of this craziness started happening after he died and wasn't around to tell people tell people off anymore. But the, you know, uh, but there's others. There's other people that that we revere. Uh, we listen to. Um, and it's, I've really learned over the past year, maybe we put a little too much stock in that. And I think our heroes need to be our pastors. Mm -hmm. I think our heroes need to be the godly men among us who nobody will ever hear of. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's a big, a better safeguard for us. As much as I love Sproul and MacArthur and all these guys, I hang my hat at Westmount Bible Chapel (laughs) and I submit to those elders Mm -hmm. and that's my favorite preaching. Yeah, you know, Al, I love your preaching too. By mm-hmm. the way, but you know, I like Jason's preaching. He's mm-hmm. he's my elder. He speaks the word to me, of course. Right? Mm-hmm. He's and and you don't get that when you're listening to a sermon from somebody who doesn't no. know you from Adam. That's refreshingly parochial. Chair, what is that? What do you mean? It just uh, well, parochial. I know is what kind parochial of, means, but what do you mean by well, it? just just like I, that's a very refreshing, very Christian perspective to have. That just like you, you are led by your elders. Uh, and, and you are, you yeah. know, you know, you're not looking for greener pastures, and I think that's just such a healthy thing. We're a body. We're 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 a, a covenant community of believers. Well, and, we've all had to to refine our ecclesiology this year, right? Mm-hmm. So, where is the work done? It's yeah. done in the body. That's why we meet. Yep. And so, yep. yes, yeah, some guys throw away their ecclesiology, and we refine it. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I had to. <laughs> So I don't think some guys had it in all the first that, place. All that yeah, well, that's, I, that's, mine yeah, was pretty much non-existent until all this year. All that stuff I told you and taught you for 30 years, I don't believe any of it. No, it's just not true. <laughs> yeah, but you wrote a book on it. Yeah, yeah. never mind. No, yeah. never mind. How yeah. many marks? Are, wait a minute. Sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Maybe we need to add another mark. The church needs to meet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we'll write I, a, I didn't mean to We'll name. write a rogue sequel, one mark of a healthy church. If I you didn't. don't have that, you don't have anything. That's great. Sorry to name names, guys. Drag that into this. 
But I, I think back to the hero thing or even just the, the leaders who aren't our pastors, even if they are pastors, we need to be like Bereans who mm-hmm. search the scriptures. And yeah. there's a lot of just, oh, I'm a reform guy. It's like, what do you mean by that? You mean you listen to reform guys? You mean you own some reform books? But like, are you reformed? Like, is your life so shaped by scripture? Like, you know, Bunyan, you you prick him anywhere and he bleeds bibline. Like, are you that guy? Or you listen to guys who are like that? Mm-hmm. Because it's not the same thing. No. And there's that temptation, especially in our world. It's like, I read the right books. I quote the right guys. I run in the right circles. And it's just like, I'm a, I'm an imposter. Mm. I mean, I know we know people who are, who fall into that category and they've totally failed in this time, the test of faithfulness. And, Mm. um, it's like, no, no, at the end of the day, you need to be someone who knows and hears and obeys the word of the Lord. Yeah. And knows your Bible. So that however you categorize yourself. Yeah. I'm always I'm always wary of those categories. I think there's a certain usefulness to terms like Calvinist, although he would roll in, over in his grave if he knew people were identifying that mm-hmm. belief with him. Or even the term reform, like I know it's it's you use it to identify certain things, mm-hmm. but really, like like you said, we should be people of the book. Mm-hmm. And the reformers didn't get it all right, and I'm sure Calvin didn't get it all right. Mm-hmm. And um, as handy as those monikers can be, mm-hmm. when I see a pastor who's from a different tradition who's standing on the word yeah. and leading his flock through this, I'm like, okay, I got more in common with that guy oh, 100%. than all these people that use the same terms that I do. Yeah, the, who would technically check off all these boxes, but you know, half of them they don't really believe. And what what's the point? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, there's one more thing I wanted to get to. Do we have time? You oh get, yeah, so you got to get. What, you don't have time? any more. What's the time limit going to these days? You don't the have old... any uh, more packages to deliver, do you, Ben? You I, I am package free. All right. Yeah. Good to know. We um, we hear a lot of people, and this is a Canadian and American thing. Maybe maybe it's different parts of the world too. But we talked about this before. People who just say we just need to preach the gospel, right? All this other stuff that we're talking about, all this cultural political stuff, we just need to preach the gospel. And to me, what I hear when I hear that is, I just don't want to deal with that other stuff. Um, but there's like a, such a disconnect there because anybody that, that thinks the gospel doesn't have social or political implications doesn't really understand it, in my opinion. Mm. I don't know. What does that make you guys think of? I Just a, kind of a comment. Um, I think people who say that no, there's a lot of people who want to hear that. Um, you well, go back, sounds you good, go back guess, to yeah. the, the itching ears, right? Mm. And and that comes in different forms, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's convenient. It's convenient. You, you don't have to do any kind of more digging than you've already done. You can just go back to, you know, the Romans 12 or whatever. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just... Um, it's one of those things that people kind of expect you to say as a pastor or, or a, we're not political. That's not our sphere. That's, that's not our, you know, um, we stay here behind the pulpit and in our church and in our own little mystical pietism. And this is the field of our operation, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what people want to hear. They, they don't want you to, to kind of go beyond that field. And they, they want you to, to to tie that into our topic, the reason you know they want to hear that is because as a Canadian value, mm-hmm. privatized religion and compartmentalized religion is as Canadian as beavers. And um, it's it's like everyone's cool in Canada. You can practice whatever you want, believe whatever you want, but it has to be private. And the Canadian church has bought into this and um, they've conflated personal religion with private and the Bible knows nothing about a private faith. All faith, true saving faith, is profoundly personal. You must be born again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is never private. Personal faith in the publicly crucified and resurrected Lord of Lords, who has ascended to the right hand of God, is never private. And the claims of Christ extend over all. He was raised, as Paul says in Colossians, that he might have 
preeminence. And mm. the whole theme of this podcast is dominion, that he may have dominion from sea to sea. A privatized religion is a false religion. It's it's actually a false gospel. The, the, the little Jesus that saved us to our private little pietistic uh, societies is not the Christian gospel, because it is not the Christian Jesus. And it's not a little minute detail. It's not a secondary thing. It's to miss the very purpose of his resurrection. Hmm. And the very reason which he came was to establish his dominion. Uh, we, he taught us to pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this whole, this whole pietistic sounding, we don't engage in politics, is a, is a great example of cultural Christianity in Canada. Mm. The, cult, the, the Canadians in the room say, yes, that's a virtue. Private faith, keeping our faith from going, going to the public sphere is a virtue. It's a virtuous thing. And to actually go public and to speak to politicians and to speak to those who are in power and to proclaim that Christ is Lord over all is actually a vice. It's wrong. Mm. And and the last, beyond the compliance thing, I would say this is the biggest stumbling block for Canadian Christians. It's that how dare you bring your private faith into the public sphere? And, uh, you know, they say, oh, we're not political. It's like, what are you talking about? Jesus is Lord. Like, that that was... King of kings. King of kings. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, this, it bears no resemblance to the Bible. Mm -hmm. None whatsoever. And, uh, again, just reveals that we are not shaped by Scripture at all. That is a crazy thing to think about, just just how far off base. So far. When's the last time we had a recalibration to figure out whether we're actually... Bible believing Christians. Yeah. It's been a long time. It has. Here we are, and we're way off, man. We're way off. toward the mountains. Getting spanked. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, there it's encouraging. We're talking about this. Yeah. Not you know, and there's there's there are an increasing amount of people talking about this. That's true. And uh and there's three of us now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't really like to identify yeah. myself with, with you guys necessarily, but um no, it is I mean, God's going to build his church mm. and it there he raises up people for every generation to mm-hmm. speak truth and, and and we need to pray that he raises up more of those. Yeah. But I'm thankful for you guys and and for a lot of good work the guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly Ezra Ezra Institute and and yeah. uh uh, Aaron Rock and all those guys, uh, really thankful. Yeah, yeah. We want to thank Joe Boot for all of the content for today's podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. I'm, I'm right in the middle of Mission of God, so I'm probably just regurgitating everything I'm nice. reading in there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Well, this was a great conversation, guys. Mm-hmm. Ben, where can people? Uh, you're a writer. Where can people read your writing? Mm-hmm. If you look on the back of boxes of no-name cereal. <laughs> Sometimes they get me to write little write-ups of, of you write the uh, coffee fiber for... and stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I actually, I, I wish I could do more writing. I, I don't have a ton of time to do it right now. Uh, mainly confined to rants on uh, Facebook. I do have a Medium page, but... It's not ideal. Anyway, yeah, so I that's, thought you had a blog site. I've read I did something. have a blog site. It's a little juvenile. A little juvenile. I don't. I don't know. I. I'm not proud of everything that's on there. But yeah, I do have a, a dragons. Dragons, etc. Dot ca. I'm proud of everything on there, Ben. <laughs> is your As my father? Is your Al review is uh, of um, what's the kids' book review you did? Did uh, I do a kids' book review? It was uh, the river. The, the animals on the river. Oh. Uh, what am I thinking? It's that's not a kid's book. Well, you know Don't what I'm get, saying. You know what I'm Wind saying. Wind in the Willows. Wind is in the profound, Willows has profound yes. implications. That's on, why I was I so excited to pump it because I read the review and I was like, I really got. I should read. This I made book. the mistake of criticizing <laughs> Wind in the Willows yeah, I'll, once. I'll presence. Yeah, I went off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Revealed my moral inferiority. Yeah. But actually, that. speaking of Joe, I don't know if we're on a time limit here. But I, yeah. I, I was, I was listening to a podcast as, as out of the Ezra Institute, and they were talking about the power of language and the power mm-hmm. of words. And I felt convicted about that. You know, we don't all have the same sphere of influence uh, or platform or responsibility. But God's given us the gift of language and words oh, yeah. and, and truth. And we need to, to the extent that we can, be diligent about that oh, yeah. and, and apply ourselves to 
being articulate, being specific, being truthful, being eloquent, because God is a beautiful God, and and the language about Him must be beautiful, and um, that's that's something that every Christian should be doing. So that whole distinction of writers and non—I mean, we should all be just proclaiming. Yeah. Right? Hey, that's that leads us great into next week's topic. We're going to be talking about satire and yeah. how, how to. Uh, use it in a biblical way. Mm. We got a special guest coming, and hopefully the Benjamite mm. can come back as well. Mm. So, yeah, maybe not. He'll probably the be packages may beckon. <laughs> yeah. Can't you just start work at three in the morning? I would be? love to start work at three in the morning. <laughs> Believe me, get it done. And yeah, earlier. Anyway, that's our truth section. For the good section, none, no, nobody prepared anything. So I'm just going to read part of Psalm 37, which has been really, uh, really encouraging for me this week. Just the fir- first 13 verses of Psalm 37. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. From Jeremy and Alex and Ben... It's been great, and we'll join you next week on Dominion Podcast. Mm-hmm.